But this bottle tastes like 865, 409, 10, 21, yeah, 865. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Behind the Sounds. I am your host, Leah. I'm here today with Song Arts songwriter, singer, John Byron. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, how is how is life over there? I know you're you guys are kind of opening up a bit more. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's good. It's it's definitely we're opening up a little bit and we're starting to see more and more people when the vaccines are rolling out. And so um, it's looking hopeful. We're hearing more about, you know, live shows and all that stuff. And so like in the music industry, like that's the biggest thing. It's like we gotta gotta get back out there. Like, gotta see. And I know, like, even when you're not in the music industry, it's like I just want to see, hear some music, and like see some music and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited of uh, you know where 2021 is heading so far. So, um, fingers fingers crossed that things get a lot a lot better. So, yeah, we're definitely getting there. Have you um you played a show a couple of weeks ago, right? A socially distanced show. Is that the first one you've played in a while? I did. We actually, I actually played um, two of them. I played one called um, Get Loudy on the road, Get Loudy, something like that. Um, uh, and uh, it was for my, my publishing company, Big Loud. And then um, and then I played another round with Lily Rose, who's fantastic. If y'all haven't heard her, go check, check her out, Villain. Amazing song, amazing girl. Anyways, yeah, we played one of those at the listening room the other night. And so, um, yeah, those were the first two that I played. And that was like, what, at the beginning of March. So it was, yeah, it's um, it felt really cool to get to play songs again in front of people. Um, even if, you know, people are sitting at tables and stuff like that and just like, you know, got to be like a little chiller and they can't get rowdy and stand up and, you know, sing songs. Well, they can sing songs, but, you know, sit down singing only. So, uh, yeah. but no, it was definitely, it's de it was definitely really cool and a good feeling. So, yeah, it's definitely something and hopefully touch with not too much longer. So we'll get there. <laughs> um, so I want to, I want to start because there's so much to talk about over the years, but kind of growing up country for you like what was it like listening to you grew, grew up on country and what were your kind of influences where does your love of music come from well um so really all started um my dad is and um we're from like a little town I'm not personally I'm from Nashville but my dad um and most of my family they're from a little town called Collinwood Tennessee and it's um just a little little country town and pretty much I think there's only like two families there that I'm not like related to in some way so it's like you know they um we have a uh we yeah a lot of my family there and they, they sing in this uh gospel group called the Caltons and so you know I think I think I got my voice from my dad um I love you mom she's like a little town girl but you know she's you know she's a great 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 woman great woman but um but uh yeah so he started singing um when he was what probably five or six you know when he came out the womb pretty much and so with his like five six siblings and so um <clears throat> and so um i always heard him singing and stuff like that and and all the music he would listen to you know like the alan jackson and trace atkins and john michael montgomery and all that stuff and and i remember like the first country song that i can remember it was like uh he really wants to give me a give me Yeah, so good. And um and so I remember like that was good and I was like probably like five, six year old me. I was like, Okay, all right. I was like, cool. And then uh, and the second one I heard was like beer for my horses. And so you know, I was like I was like six year old me, I'm like, I am all in to this country thing. And so um it started there and then and then when I was like I think fourteen, um I was like a freshman and in high school and my grandpa he uh he visited us um my mom's house and you know he kind of he was drinking a little bit and he had uh he found a guitar over in my bedroom that like my um that my grandma had given me and and uh and he was like hey son i'd i'd love for you to write me a song sometime he started playing all that stuff and he's like i love for you to write me a song and i can hear it next time i see you and i was like okay and so i i wrote him a song um called my old man you know uh when i was like 14 15 and uh and i thought you know for me i was like cool i wrote my first song you know but like i didn't think a ton of it like i was already writing like 
poetry and stuff like for my eighth grade girlfriend and so I had like this big notebook full of like poems and all that stuff and so like that's really where the writing started but I wrote that song and, and my friend's parents um Don and Nash they uh they took me to this thing called a, a you know a, a writer open mic night is what it was and it's called um you know what that is mm -hmm. yeah and so um we went to this open mic night and they're like yeah we'd love for you to sing whatever and I was like cool and uh, I got up there and sang this Mild Man song. And the demographic was, you know, very Southern, very veteran heavy and stuff like that. And the, and the song is about, like, my grandpa, who's, like, a veteran. And, and so I sang. And, um, and uh, at the end of the song, you know, a bunch of people, like, gave me the standing ovation. And they were, like, crying and stuff like that. And, like, it wasn't because I sang good at all. You know, I was, like, terrible. I still, I still hear it goes back, and I'm like, what? I'm like, who told me that I was good? Probably nobody, but that's okay. And, um, and so, um, and so, you know, they were clapping all this stuff, and I was like, man, I could, I could really get into this songwriting thing. I was like, it's pretty cool. And so, um, you know, I started, I started loving singing songwriting from there, and I started watching YouTube videos on how to play, you know, um, I remember the first one I looked up was Just to See You Smile by Tim McGraw. And I learned how to play that and sing that. And, and ever since then, it was just like, bang, I knew what I wanted to do. So, Yeah, definitely. And obviously growing up in Nashville, like you're surrounded by the, the best of the best country music. Totally. So do you, do, do you feel like it was kind of set that it was always going to be country? Or was there ever a time where you were like, oh, maybe I'll try this kind of music or this? Or was it just like full on country? Well, funnily enough, my actual like first musical excursions of like, kind of like well it wasn't my first because I wrote that song but like um at that same time there was um you know people were putting like beats up on YouTube mm -hmm. and so um I remember the first things I was doing I was like finding beats on YouTube and like finding people that I could write you know asking people if they want me to write songs for them and so I like sit up there and write raps and I would <laughs> write a ton of raps and I still do I still do rap and all that stuff now but it's like back then it was like so you know so terrible like so <laughs> And so, um, and so I'd sit up there and write raps and think that I was like the next Jay-Z and, uh, and, uh, clearly was not. And, um, and so, um, that was like the first, like, when I, like industry kind of wise, I was like, oh, I would love to be a rapper, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the basic, the basic middle school, early high school dream. You're like, I'd love to be a rapper, you know what I mean? So, so that was, that was like my first thing of like, I could definitely do this type of music for sure. Yeah. And um, it, you, it's funny you say that because rap and country are like collaborating a lot more they're nowadays. Merge, aren't they? yeah, <laughs> Maybe they're you are. were like starting something that you didn't know was gonna oh, be a thing. Was me. I was the wave, I was the beginning. <laughs> you were the beginning we'll, we'll keep that um, and obviously you said like writing that song you knew you wanted to do that did you have a a dream like was it I'm gonna be a songwriter I'm gonna be a musician I'm gonna be a singer was there like a goal you know um I don't know if there was like ever truly actually a goal um until like my high school graduation party uh, might have been a little before that but we'll just use that and um and so I, I remember I was playing and, or I went, I had my graduation party and like, I was like, you know, going to Belmont to go into music and stuff like that. And, and you know, at that point I just like loved music and, um, and I played and like, I was sitting there playing and I remember, and I was like, people were just, they know this song that I had and it's my, really just my mom's friends. And it's, you know, they call it the hood of the car song, the hood mm -hmm. of my car song, because one of the lines is like, it's not a good, not a good song, but but like one of the lines is like, uh, son, 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 like making love on the hood of my car, and so you like you know I'm a monster. I was like, <laughs> little seventeen, eighteen year old me singing about that, and so um, I don't know. There was some, there was something that I was just like, I was like, you know, I would love if I could like be a professional like singer or something like that, and so I remember then I was just like, I was gung ho about it. Yeah, went applied for Belmont, and um. And it all and it all went from there. I met um, my mom's one of my mom's best friends' dads. He was the um, manager for uh, Randy Hauser, and and my mom one time was like, "Hey, bring your guitar to the Super Bowl party." And so me, I'm like, "Okay, like I'm, I'll play for everybody there." Like, of course. <laughs> and so um, I walk in, and and he's like, "Hey, man, it's nice to meet you. I'm Ken Rainey, and I uh, just love to like hear your music." And I started playing, you know. 
just an awesome guy became like a father figure to me and gave me like my first deal and all that stuff and and so like and kind of like a month or two into my freshman year might have been a little before that um we signed a deal for like my first publishing deal and and so from then i was like all right this is the goal where i'm gonna be an artist i'm gonna make it music i'm going to be famous by the time i am 20 years old <laughs> you know so 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 that's where it all that's kind of where it all started when i was like all right this is what i want to do for sure yeah and you you did a lot during that time right so you you, you made an ep as we, we spoke about briefly before and you were playing a lot of shows and obviously it was going well were you still at college at that time was it like full-on multitasking with schoolwork and things I got, you know, I got lucky. Um, so when you go, when you go to Belmont, it's, it's mostly people who like want to go into music, like for the most part. And I might say for the most part, just cause like I pretty, everyone I knew went for music. I know there's like other great, but like nursing and, you know, physical therapy and all that stuff. Um, but like most people are going for music. So a lot of times they'll work with you. Like if, if they got people who students who need to be like on music row and stuff a lot, like I had to, I had to have rights every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so, um, my schedule was all Tuesday, Thursday. So it was like 8am to like the last, my last class was like one of those five to 9pm classes. Mm -hmm. And so it was like 8am to 9pm, like pretty much nonstop on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but that was only school two days a week. So then I could be, you know, I could be writing on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays and, um, you know, get those songs in and get the work put in and all that stuff. Yeah. And is it is it nice being surrounded by people that want to do the same thing? Because if I suppose, does it create also a competitive element if you're all kind of wanting to play the same shows or do this and do that? What's the kind of atmosphere around you guys? Well, it's awesome being surrounded by people like that because, you know, it, it's almost the competitive thing that makes it even more awesome is like it drives you. Like, if you just have competitive nature, nature, it drives you to be like, yeah, like I want to be the best one out of these, like, Belmont, Belmont this Belmont crew, because, like, everyone's going, <laughs> everyone's there for music, and so it's just like, you know, I want to be the best, but it's also like, you hear people, and you're just like, you're so inspired, you're like, oh my gosh, like, they are so good, because, like, truth of the matter, you will always meet someone better than you, like, mm -hmm. there's always someone in the world who's better than you at something, and, like, that's just how it is, and so, like, at Belmont, when you're so, when it's so compact and there's so many people who are doing what you're doing it's like chances are you're <laughs> you're not going to be the best one and mm -hmm. I definitely yeah. not by far <laughs> and so like it definitely inspired me because I was like oh I will like I want to be the best but I like think I could be the best if I work with this guy you know what I mean mm -hmm. like and so like I remember my co-writer we'll talk about him later I'm sure but um, my buddy Blake uh, McCor he uh, we had these things called TT groups at Belmont and it was like the group where you meet people that have like six or seven people in your group right and so mm -hmm. uh and so i remember hopping on the bus for like this volunteer thing uh like we were going to paint something on a track at some school and like i'm walking in and and all of a sudden i was you know i hear like baby lock them doors in her last and so um and uh, shout out christy wall if you're watching this um and so um but no i was like man like this kid sounds like Josh Turner. Oh my gosh. I was like, I need to be friends with this guy. And so, um, so me and Blake met then. And, but yeah, it's just, you know, you meet so many fantastic people and that's honestly, Belmont don't kill me for saying this, but I think Belmont is a school less for the education you get and more for the connections that you make, um, uh, which, you know, the education you get is, is great. And, uh, and I learned, I learned a lot, but it's, you know, it's, the most I've gotten about Belmont is definitely the people that I know. And so, you know, I think <clears throat> anyone listening, if you're trying to go to music, go somewhere where you can meet people. Because um, mm -hmm. that's definitely the biggest part. Of, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and obviously it's paid off. So you talk about Blake, you, you had a cut with him, right? Kind of quite a few years ago and one of his, his big cuts. And so when you go into that, making them connections, obviously you're writing with him and he's getting a hit. Is it just you're glad to be a part of it or as part of you like, oh, damn, I wish I'd have released it instead of him? Well, on that song, it was like about his dad. So mm -hmm. I was just glad to be a part of that one because um, he's one of my best friends. And so it's like, you know, for that, um, for that, I was like, oh, I'm just glad to be a part of it. But you definitely hear the stories of, of songwriters who write songs for other people that like, you know, they're not particularly close with. Um, and they're like, man, I wish I would have held that song and just sang it myself. 
you know, because it it's a hit song, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't call like, you know, we were still in college and stuff like that. Like, it was a great song. <clears throat> I wouldn't call it, you know, I, I don't think either one of us thought that it was going to make it, you know, to number one on the radio at that point. We didn't have anything, you know, any deals or anything like that. Like, we were like, oh, you know, a lot of people here, maybe it'll kind of go somewhere on Spotify or whatever. Um, but you definitely hear about, you know, I won't name any people, but like people who are like, become artists who are also songwriters and, and they're like, oh, I should have kept that song because that song is a hit song and they get kind of spiteful about it, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, but that's also, that's where a lot of people get their start is just being a songwriter. Um, it's like, if you're trying to be an artist, a lot of times the best route and a lot of publishing companies will, or a lot of labels will, will take this route. They're like, all right, be a songwriter, get some hits first and then come talk to us. So, so, uh, but yeah, for sure. Just happy, to, just happy to be a part of that for sure. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Where'd I go? <laughs> and and so at that time your your ep was out when that track came out right so you almost did it the flip side you had songs out as an artist and then now you're kind of more into the songwriter hopefully we get more of you guys you right. your music coming but having that ep out what was that like for you did you were you like thinking this is it this is my career starting this is where i'm gonna go or was it just like we'll see where it goes we'll see what happens well, I um, as Blake would tell you, I'm a very realistic person um, now because of back then. Mm-hmm. Because back then, I was like, like I said, I was like, I'm going to be famous by the time I'm 20. And so I turned 20 years old and I'm like, what the age is happening? Why am I not famous at this point? I was like, why isn't every label not, you know, crawling to come sign me, you know? <clears throat> and so... Um, and so back then, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to do the artist thing. Like, I'm going to be a famous singer. Like, just awesome. I'm going to be the next Luke Bryan humping my guitar. Like, girls are going to love it. And so, and so I was, you know, I was all gung-ho for that. And then, um, and then I, you know, kind of started, like, realizing this is all, I think, in God's plan. You know, um, I really, you know, really just love songwriting. And, like, I just love music in general. And so I kind of started, you know, developing into the mentality of, like, if I can do music in any capacity and make a living off of it, I will be very, very happy. <laughs> like, I will be very, very blessed and feel luckier than anybody else on this planet just because <clears throat> I would love to do music for the rest of my life. And I can't imagine sitting, sitting like, in an office and punching numbers, or which that stuff is great, too. All my, all my friends do a bunch of that stuff, and, like, and that stuff, like, takes immense talent and knowledge and stuff like that. I'm just like... You know, I I just don't have the mental fortitude. I'm not smart enough to do that. <laughs> As they would tell you, I was the dumb I was the dumb one in, in our group of friends. And so um, it was no surprise that I ended up uh, doing music when they all ended up doing like engineering and all that stuff. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, really, I just started developing the mentality. And I was like, you know, if I can do music in any capacity, then let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped, I stopped like, you know, gung-hoing for the artist thing and started being like, all right, whatever comes, comes. Because I remember, you know, hearing about a story about, I think it was Dirks, and it was like, you know, it was like, he was kind of just doing his thing or whatever, and and that's when, like, people found him, was like, when he was just kind of, wasn't, like, super going for it, I know he was going for it, but, like, he was kind of just in his chill phase and all that stuff, and someone was like, hey, let's, let's go, and he's like, all right, cool, and that's when he took off, so I was like, you know, whatever comes, comes, whatever's in God's plan, hashtag Drake, what's up? Yeah, definitely. And so when you get to that point, when you're 20 and you're not famous and selling out stadiums, what, um, obviously you said that like, you just want to do it for a living, but where did you go at that point? What was your your focus? Was it, I'm going to go and, and be really good at this songwriting craft or I'm going to work on my own music? Did Was there a, a fo- like a specific focus for you at that point? Yeah, I was really just, yeah, I started really focusing in the songwriting thing because I didn't think that I was good, but I was like, I could be very good at this. Like I could be good at this. You know, I can I can learn how to write a song really well and like make it sound like it's supposed to be on the radio. And you know, when you first start, you're like you hear every song you sing, you're like this should be on the radio. This is the next, this is the next Garth Brooks hit. You know, like <laughs> like so so like you know when you're when you're young and and you write every every song you write, that's what you're thinking. But you're slowly developing. Like okay, this is why this works. This is why this is commercial. Why it's not. This is why this could be a single. Why it's an album cut. Why you know. So you start developing all these little niche thoughts in your mind. And you're like, okay, this is like how it's done, and this is how they're doing it. Um, as Craig Wiseman, my my boss and my one of my good friends, 
He's just like, nouns, 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 bro. He's like, nouns, nouns, nouns. People want to see what you're writing. They want to see what they're hearing. And so, you know, you start learning those little tips and tricks of why, um, of why songs are good. Um, because, you know, when you're not like in, in music, you know, I think, I remember when I wasn't, I would just hear a song and like, I'd be like, it'd be the beat. I was like, yeah, awesome. It's freaking banging along, singing songs and all that stuff. Um, and then you get into it and you start realizing, okay, this is what makes the song a hit, like actually a hit. So, yeah. so definitely, yeah, definitely started honing into the songwriting thing for sure. Yeah. And is there anyone, because obviously like co-writing and collaborating, particularly in Nashville is, is a massive thing. And I speak a lot about it on here. Is there anyone that you, you look back, obviously you just mentioned Craig Wiseman, who's done so well and, and has this amazing kind of company underneath him is there anyone else that that you think like they gave me this this bit of advice or or they told me something that changed things for you in the process or you think has really benefited you now um you know i think along the way i have to say one of my biggest inspirations is uh my buddy um, who you had on here, Ben, Ben Johnson. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, he taught me so much. And like, you know, he taught me a lot about work ethic and stuff like that. And and I remember him saying, he's like, dude, like half the battle is just getting, getting it done. You know, mm -hmm. like a lot of times, like in Nashville, you hear it's a 10 year town, like things just move slow. So like people want, want things fast. And so like, as a songwriter, um, I'm also like, he he does tracks he's a producer and all that stuff he started out as a track guy he learned how to like you know record songs and all that stuff and now he's like a producer on records and all them things but um but he was teaching me how to do tracks and all that stuff and he's like dude like one of the biggest things is just getting it done because people just want to hear it and like i said it's like we're in a town where you gotta wait for so long for things it's a hurry up and wait and stuff like that so it's like you know he's like if you can just get things done like it'll it'll go miles and um and sometimes you got to stick it out and do it and grind it out and have that good worth ethic. So I think definitely he is one of my biggest inspirations uh, just from that standpoint is like, cause he's kind of, he kind of gives me like my drive and my work ethic just cause I see how it's paid off for him so much. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, you know, like you've heard all the yeah. songs he's written and all that stuff. And so it's just like, when it's someone like, like obviously you get so much from like a Craig Wiseman or an Ashley Gorley, like obviously like they're, monster songwriters and legends and stuff like that but it's like when it's someone who's like closer to you like one of your like best friends it's like okay like i can i can do this if he can do this you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah definitely and it's obviously paid off for both of you <laughs> um so let's kind of get a bit closer now like this last year has obviously been almost it hasn't been a write-off for a lot of people but it, it has in a sense so when you are like working on, I'm assuming doing a lot of co-writes and, and trying to kind of get out and play shows and things, when this hits and you're like, right, I have to zoom write and things, how does it affect how you learn? Like, do you think you've you've learned more in a sense from not being able to do what you do every day? I, I definitely think I've, a, I don't know if I'd say I've learned more. I guess you can say that, but like, I've definitely like learned how to adapt. And um, a bunch of people, a bunch of songwriters always joke like, I remember before COVID happened, like if anyone like even mentioned writing over like FaceTime or anything, like, ah, oh, we'll just reschedule. And now it's like, now it's like, that's just the norm is like writing over Zoom, you know? And so um, that's been the biggest thing is just learning how to write songs over a screen. And, and, you know, it's kind of like you said, it's been a write off for a lot of people. I, um, you know, wish COVID wouldn't have happened, but it's been, you know, it's been a blessing in disguise for me. Don't quote me on that saying COVID's a blessing. Um, but uh, but it, it was, you know, it, my very first Zoom write um, was with Blake. And so my very first Zoom ever, it was with Blake. And, and that was the song that got put on the Morgan record. Um, so it was like, you know, it was a nice little surprise. I was like, okay, well, maybe Zoom's not so bad. You know, I was like, everyone's like, you hear everything's like, I don't want to write over Zoom and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, Zoom's pretty good. I was like, it's okay. And Craig, like I said, my buddy Craig, he's just, he's always like, man, if I can write half my songs over Zoom, like, I'll be just fine. Like, it's, um, yeah. like, you know, that's one of the biggest things is you just learn to adapt. Um, and kind of like what I was saying earlier, like from the Ben thing, like, you just got to get it done, like, regardless of how you do it. Like, if you got to write over Zoom, then freaking tub it up and write it over Zoom, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't skimp out on something just because you don't want to write behind a screen. Don't get your work done. I mean, like, imagine if the world operated like that, you know? If they're, like, 
oh man, like little inconvenience, we'll just do it tomorrow. <laughs> like the whole world was shut down, you know? So it's just like, just kind of like getting that, you know, adapting to that mentality. Been, been yeah, good. definitely. And I think I've heard, I've heard particularly a lot of songs now that are all coming out that are Zoom hits and mm -hmm. have been written in this kind of really strange time, which is obviously means it, it's paid off. Um, so let's talk about the Morgan track because you, um, 865, which is a, a track on Morgan Wallen's most recent album, Dangerous. Obviously the name Morgan Wallen has a bit of a situation surrounding it at the moment, but can we just talk about the actual track? Like where did that come from? Because it, it's such an, a cool idea that is one of them things that you're like, how has this not been written before? you know right. how has this not been part of a record before so can you firstly talk me through like what the origins of that that song is yeah um i wish i could take credit for the origins but i cannot blake blake <laughs> is like an idea machine and just he will come into rights with like 10 billion ideas and i remember um i remember we were supposed to write with someone else that day and they didn't show up and so he's like well man like he's like do you want to write i was like yeah dude of course and so he's like cool i had this like thing that i was I was just, you know, I started singing the other day and whatever. And it was, it was his, I remember the first three digits of what he brought in and the last four digits was, um, his dad's phone number. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he's like, you know, nine, one, nine, four, five, and 21. And I was like, I was like, dude, that's a freaking hit already, you know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, he just sang what he brought in. And I was like, dude, that's, that's what we need to do. I'm like, you know, imagine if I'd be like, yeah, let's just write next yeah. Monday. Like, we wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. So, uh, so uh, yeah, that was, you know, he brought that, he brought that song in and, and uh, he just, you know, songwriters, you'll be mowing the lawn or taking a shower or doing something and just like, you'll get a melody that comes to your head. And so I was just listening to the voice memo on his phone and it just sounded, he's like, <laughs> you know, kind of one of those things. And so, um, and so, yeah, that was just, such a blessing for him to come into that right that day and just bring a monster idea and melody into this into this because I as soon as I heard like yeah that's the one that's gonna make us rich buddy <laughs> that's the one <laughs> yeah it is such because I, I was like when I heard it for the first time because you kind of see like that tattoo like eight six five you're like where is this gonna go and then it clicks and you're like ah that's where it's gone so such a great song and how did it get to Morgan? Do you know? Uh, uh, so I was talking one of my one of my best friends. He's my publisher, one of my publisher guys and A uh, and R guys over at Big Loud. His name's uh, Mike Gene Greco, and I've known him since seventh grade. Like he moved, we both moved to the same neighborhood in seventh grade. Like we met at the model home. Like he he told me, you know, he moved from Minnesota and he hopped off the plane and went straight to the model home, and I was the first person <laughs> he ever met when he moved to Tennessee. Wow. And so, you know, designed by, designed by God, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so uh, we've been, we were friends all through high school and all that stuff. And he went off to college to play um, soccer and football and all that good stuff. And, and uh, I remember he called me one day and he's like, yo dude, I'm, I'm coming back to Nashville. I'm going to go to Beaumont. Like I'd love to get together. And, and I was like, heck yeah, man. Cause I, I love this guy. He's like, he's the guy that everybody loves. And I've never heard a bad word about him like mm -hmm. ever in my life. And if I did, I'd call you a liar. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, just like junior guy, he just got married. Congratulations. Love you dog. And so anyways, um, we met and he got this internship, uh, that turned into a job over at universal. And so, you know, I went over there and I was, you know, meeting with them and he was like, actually kind of hold off. Cause I might be going somewhere else. And then he ended up at Big Loud and he was like, all right, man, I'm starting sprinkling you like rights over here so people can get to know your name. And, and you know, <clears throat> I wrote with Jamie Moore over there and, and I wrote with Tom, Chris Tompkins and then, you know, Craig and, um, and, you know, eventually, um, uh, eventually Mike was like, Hey man, I'd send him that song just cause like I'd send him all my songs cause I didn't have, you know, anyone plugging my songs anywhere and so i'll send him all my songs he's like send me your songs just so i can hear what you're doing and i sent him that song and you know i remember originally he was like man this is good and i was like cool because like you know people say that and so you don't you don't ever think anything of it um and so um i remember like a, maybe a week later he's like you mind if i send this to morgan um and i can't remember if it was him or sam jerby who sent it but um i was like 
duh. I was like, no, <laughs> don't do that. You know? So I was like, yeah, for sure. And so, um, and so he called me one day. He's like, yo, man, just want to let you know, like, Seth and Morgan have like sat and listened to this song like three or four times in a row today. Like, apparently he really likes it. And um, I was like, oh, cool. And at that point, like, you still don't want to think anything of it, but like, in the back of your mind, like, that'd be pretty freaking cool. <laughs> like, that'd be pretty dope. And so um, I remember, I remember not telling Blake that Mike had told me that because I was like, I don't want to. You know, it's kind of like me, like I didn't want to get his hopes up and like something not happened. And like, and so, um, and so when Mike told me, he's like, Hey man, I think Morgan's cutting this song. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I told Blake and we were all stoked. Um, and so, uh, then we heard, then I heard it was going to be a double album. And I was like, Oh crap, man. I was like, Man, like <laughs> this song that just snuck in onto the record on this. 12 to 15 song record is now going to be a 30 song record like it's going to be like track number 27 28 with you know nothing wrong with that um but you know i was like man i was like man this i wish it had just been like a single album and then you know i kept getting calls from mike and he's like hey man like blah blah's right here and then blake called me one night and he got invited over to um seth and rakaya's so seth england is the president of big lab and so um uh, his girlfriend um, and also, you know, coworker Rakaya. She um, she uh, was she invited Blake over to the house and he's like, hey man, like, I just listened to like the whole record. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, dude, our song's like number five on the record. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. I was like, that's super cool. And so yeah, that's just how, you know, it was Mike or Sam just sent it to him and I guess he really liked it and luckily, God blessed us and he put his voice on it and wanted to put it on the record. So. Yeah. Well, I'm um, hearing it for the first time because Morgan Wallen's got such a, a unique voice and it's like, it's so recognizable. You hear it and you're like, that's him. Mm -hmm. What was it like hearing him sing it for the first time? Were you like, yeah, this is the perfect match? I mean, if I told you I didn't tear up a little bit, I'd be lying. Like <laughs> I heard it and I was like, oh my God. Like you hear Morgan's voice and it's like you said, it's like, it's such a staple in country music. And so like, I was like, holy crap, like this is going to change my life. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So, so um, I heard it, and it was just like one of the coolest, one of the coolest things. Um, Blake, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just crazy um, hearing that for the first time. I felt, you know, just so immensely blessed. That's really all I can say about it. it was just, mm -hmm. I was so, I felt so blessed when I first heard it, and I was like, yeah, this is the perfect. I wouldn't want anyone else singing this song, yeah. especially not me. <laughs> I am not fearful that he cut that song at all. So. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> Years to come, you'll be saying, "Yeah, that's the song." Years to come. Yeah. <laughs> and the like, the album has broken records. Like, it's still number one. It's literally doing amazing. Did you? Obviously, it was such a kind of everyone's really excited for this record. But did you ever think it was going to be as big as it is? I didn't. Um, Seth had, you know, Seth had told me he's like, "No, it's going to be big." And like they know they had their data stuff that they and I don't really understand how you have data from something that hasn't come out yet. I don't understand mm -hmm. how that works, but apparently there is that exists. And um, and so I was like, okay, because like Morgan at that point he wasn't like the top of the country world. Like he had he had put out like his that last album had whiskey glasses and stuff like that. But like he wasn't like the staple child of country. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so when that came out and it just took off and blew up i was like oh my gosh like this is crazy i mean it was just crazy watching it like i couldn't believe it um like just whenever whenever it's still going down and you know somebody's problem and all that stuff came out like even more than my hometown before that i was like man people are really digging this song but i was like mm -hmm. i couldn't tell if it was anything more than you know just a single or not you know in country music and so um i always knew that morgan streamed well because he had really good fans but i didn't know that he was gonna like blow up into like the staple child of country music and so you know it was really neat watching it happen and like being in being able to be a part of it you know mm -hmm. it was just so it was so cool no i did not to answer your question no i <laughs> did not see it doing that but um, yeah really cool that it did yeah and congrats to you guys i just feel sorry for the person that owns that phone number because <laughs> they're gonna have to like sell their phone because that number, and it's either you hear it once and you know the number so yeah. do you know who owns it 
Um, yeah, we we learned that it was like a um, like an agricultural company. It was a clock in and out number. Um, it was a clock in and out number in Knoxville, and so um, and so they uh, ended up disconnecting the number by like noon that first day. The song the song came out. They had to disconnect the number and all that stuff. So so we because we had called it and we're like, man, we'd love to have this song like to get it as like a hot like a Morgan hotline or something like that. Like, yeah. is it Morgan wallet? You know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, we called it and it was like the client was like, enter your employee ID code, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, called it the next day when the song came out and I was like, this number has been disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great uh, thing though. Like someone's literally had to disconnect your number because your song yeah, is Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I saw that's what Morgan said in one of his little Spotify things. He was like, I'm sorry to anyone who knows that number. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I, I do want to touch very, very briefly on it. Obviously, Morgan has had kind of a, a situation going on. I won't go into too much detail, but a lot of it has come with, you know, a, I suppose a council culture on it, you know, people not wanting to play his records and things. As a songwriter, how does that affect you? Because it's not your fault. You haven't done anything wrong. You know, it, you've just written a great song. So how does it affect you? You know, um, the biggest thing is really just like um, song... So like almost just how like songs perceived by the culture, it kind of, it's, it's like, cause if, if like now you heard that Morgan Wallen song before and like, you're like, oh, there's, there's such an amazing song. And then, and then people, and then other people will hear it, you know, we're part of the cancer culture and they're like, oh, this song is sung by Morgan Wallen. Like, I don't want to hear it. And it mm -hmm. makes it like really, it, you know, it's just a bummer. Um, but it's like, you know, things happen and, and uh, people, you know, people do things and, and they learn and, and uh, you know, they grow from it. And so um, uh, I will never support cancel culture, like, ever. I don't think, I, it really bothers me how it's a thing. Like, not even just Morgan, like, you hear, like, everything about, you know, you'll hear just something stupid, like, every day. Like, it's just crazy. It's like, people are, like, canceled. You're done because mm -hmm. you did this one thing back when you were 12 years old. You know, it's like, it's just wild. It's wild to me how that's kind of come with a generation that's just, you know, that that's just, I don't want to say a generation, but like, you know, I don't, there's just a group of people out there who's like, I want to ruin this person's life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes like, yeah, some people need to be canceled. Like, like there are some people, people have done some pretty bad freaking things. Um, <clears throat> but um, there are a lot of people who are like affected by it that, you know, I just personally feel like, I feel terrible for people. I'm like, man, you can't do anything wrong these days. You can't be a human anymore. You know, mm -hmm. you can't make a mistake. So it's like, um, you know, yeah, the biggest thing is just kind of that song perception and, and uh, you know, potential and, you know, like, where can it go? Because, um, you know, they took they took Morgan songs off the radio and all that stuff. So um, they took took it off playlists and stuff like that. So um, we, had our, we had our song on, like, some of the biggest playlists and, and you know, probably lost you know, probably the streams that it's at now probably would have been at least double what it's at. Mm -hmm. um, what is that currently? And so, you know, just that it's the, you know, obviously the <clears throat> least, least, least important thing right now is money, but like it affects the money and it affects mm -hmm. kind of that stuff. But like a lot of people in the industry, they, they also like, they know as songwriters, like, okay, well you wrote, you wrote 865. Like I'd love to work with you because that song's a great song. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's, um, it's one of those things like, luckily people aren't like, uh, you wrote a song for Morgan Wallen, like get out of here. You know yeah. what I mean? So No, and I think I think you you know you were right in, in saying the fact that people are gonna grow and learn from it in all in all retrospects. Mm -hmm. Um and I mean the album's still number one. So <laughs> you've got that, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people can take from that what they will, but at the end of the day, the songs are great. So congrats on a good cut. <laughs> a great cut and I hope that um, I hope that it manages to to be what it should be um, and not tarnished by it. Um, so moving on from that, another cut you've had very, very recently, I think two weeks ago, um, Sean Stamali with um, Hello You Up, which I am loving currently. It's That is one of the songs that's kind of bouncing up on loads of playlists and things now. Um, can you talk me through the kind of the story of that song? Um, because it, um, is it another Zoom, right? I want to know, because it's a recent cut. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was another Zoom, right? Me and my buddy, Jamie Moore, um, he wrote uh, May We All by Florida Georgia Line and uh, Chasing You by Morgan. Um, but yeah, me and him hopped on a Zoom and uh, and we were just talking through something and 
and he said something and I said something and and you know 15 minutes in to the right we got really quiet and like he wrote he wrote a verse I wrote a verse and um and then we just came and like made the course and the song was done I kid you not in probably 45 minutes to an hour oh, and yeah. so it was like one of those really cool just kind of organically created itself songs um Sean's one of my best friends I freaking love Sean he's one of my boys he's um super proud of everything he's done minus this turkey hunt that he just went on apparently he only killed one bird the whole, <laughs> whole entire hunt I was like you call yourself you call yourself country no but um yeah love him super proud of him and super thankful that he took that song and and did it um I remember he told he told me um when I sent it when I finished that song I sent it into Mike that I talked about before and Mike called me as soon as I he he's like dude like this song is great like I guarantee you this song will be cut by the end of the day. And I was like, again, didn't think anything of it. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Mike, like whatever you say, man. And, uh, and he's like, he's like, dude, if this song is cut by the end, I was like, if this song is cut by the end of the day, like I owe you a fat plate of sushi, bro. Like a <laughs> big plate of sushi. Cause we yeah. love sushi. And, um, he's like, all right, bet. And so, um, <laughs> literally that night, at, like, I think it was like, 8.34 or something like that. He calls me. He's like, all right, man, it's going on the Stimley record. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I guess I'm buying you sushi then. Um, Sean told me that, like, he was on the beach um, down in Florida, like, on his one-week vacation. Which, that kid never takes vacations. Like, he's always working. He works so freaking hard. Um, and so um, he told me, he's like, yeah, man, I was on, on the vacation, and I'm sitting there with a – sitting there and I get a text from Seth and he's like, Hey man, or a call from Seth. He's like, Hey man, you have to cut this song. Listen to this song. Like it's insane. And, and he said that he like, he's like, dude, I'm on vacation. But like, all right, whatever. And so he just throws this towel over his head, like on the beach and like throws his earphones in and is like, listen to this song. And, and he, he's like, dude, I remember I heard it. And I was like, I knew, I knew that I wanted it. And so, and so, um, so that was, you know, that one, that day, that, that was a very good day. Yeah, that was, that was a cool experience. That's the first time like I've sent a song in, and then five hours it was cut. So, so it was it was pretty neat. Yeah, and and I suppose having it cut by a friend as well. Does that do you ever kind of give someone a song and you think, oh, I you know I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't really know if if it's what I want. But obviously, giving it to a friend, I suppose that kind of opens up the conversation a lot more for for what happens with it. So, does it make it easier for you as a songwriter for it to go to someone you know? Yeah, for sure. And like, obviously, you'll have, you know, the ego thing a lot of times, like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like to say that I think like this, like, um, I'd love for anyone to cut any of my songs. Um, but sometimes you'll have a song you're like, that's a freaking like, that is a smash hit song for X, Y, Z, you know, whoever. Mm -hmm. um, and then as it gets cut by somebody else, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but with Sean, it was like, he's one of my best friends. And like, like I said about Morgan, like, I wouldn't want anyone else cutting that song. Like, I just, I believe in Sean so much. And, and, you know, I think, um, I'd love to just take like the ride with him. You know what I mean? Like the journey with him. I just love being a part of his journey. Like me, him and Blake went out to Vegas, what, uh, like a month ago and, uh, just wrote a bunch of songs together. And he's like, man, that was the most work I've ever done in Vegas. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I was like, like I told him we were going and he was like, dude, I fully expected to go out there and just be getting hammered the whole time and not work at all. And, um, and I was like, bro, I don't drink or, or go out or really anything. And so, so I was like, no, dude, I, I told you it was working, dude. I told you it was happening. And so we went out, I remember like the second night we were there, um, it was like one in the morning. We'd started writing at nine in the morning that day. And it was one, one AM that next day. And I was like, should we go out? I was like, should we actually go see a casino or something? So we walked down and walked around the strip and went and got a Stromboli and came back. You know, so so, um, so um, that was cool. Um, but yeah, he's you know I wouldn't want anyone else cutting that song. I mean, he's just such a good friend and like I believe in him so much. So yeah, for sure, it definitely sweetens the deal when it's one of your like best friends doing it. Yeah, and his record's gonna be great. I'm excited for that. So yeah, I I hope to to hear more and like obviously so two massive cuts within a really short space of time things must be kind of really picking up for you and i think obviously getting busy but what's what's kind of next for you like are you still working on the songwriting and we're going to hear some of your own music like is there what's coming up you know i think i think definitely think the songwriting thing is going to be a priority for the next little bit um for sure 
um, until I can, you know, get some hits secured under my belt. And and by hits, I don't mean, you know, 865, great song, hello, you up, great song. Um, we want kind of something like, you know, top tens, top fives, you know, kind of garner mm-hmm. those things under my belt and uh, get that reputation. Um, and then and then we'll maybe move to, to being a singer. Um, but right now, yeah, definitely focus is songwriting. And like, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. Big Loud is like my dream company. I didn't want to be anywhere else. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so right now I'm just kind of whatever they want is what I'm here for. So um, yeah, I think songwriting for right now and then we'll see where the future takes us for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I look forward to hearing more. Um, I'm sure everyone does. Uh, we're going to have to wrap things up. I know you're going to you're yeah. going to play for us, which is awesome. So I'm just going to ask you three final questions, um, which I ask everyone the same three questions. Um, so my first one is, can you name three songs that you wish you'd have written? Three songs I wish I'd have written. Um, first song, Live Like You Were Dying. Obviously, just an incredible song. Um Second song, uh, probably, you know, Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Awesome song. Everybody <laughs> knows it. Um, fantastic. Um, and then um, third song, um, don't, tell, uh, don't Tell My Dad, uh, Riding Dirty. Would have loved that song. Great. I love that song. I used to jam to that when I was like, you know, 10 years old. <laughs> Riding Dirty. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, but I was like, great song. I love it. Great song. <laughs> Maybe yeah, but Usher. We'll go. We'll go with the yeah instead of writing dirty. So it's not as bad. Both great songs. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, And then three albums you couldn't live without. Three albums that I couldn't live without. Um, The first one I'm going to go with um, Riser by Dirk Bentley. He's my favorite artist of all time, and so. just great just a great awesome artist um love him so much and then the second one speaker box and the love below uh awesome awesome album hey uh, you know um uh rose you know you know that was like i jammed to that um and then the third one um probably my turn by Lil Baby. It was his last album. Um, I just love Lil Baby. I think he's just <laughs> incredible, so yeah. good. And so uh, I blast that record all the time, like probably more than any record right now. Um, so yeah, probably those three for sure. That's a good mix. I like them. <laughs> and then three kind of people, artists, songwriters, producers, whomever that that you haven't yet worked with that, that you'd love to work with. Um, I really, really want to work, um, really want to work with Ashley Gorley just because he's just a hit maker, monster, nice guy. I've met him plenty of times, um, but haven't got to, you know, work with him, work with him yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've got to, you know, kind of work with him in a, in a, in a sense, but like, not like face to face. So like, I'd love to, I'd love to get to work with him. Um, I'd love to get to work with like, Benny Blanco, if you know who that is, mm-hmm, big writer yeah. out in LA. Um, and then Julia Michaels, I really want to work with Julia Michaels at some point. Freaking just so awesome. Ben, Ben got to, I remember when Ben told me he got to write with her. He's like, dude, I have a crazy week this week. Cause like he was like doing the, the track 45 stuff, his band yeah. stuff, which um, if you haven't checked it out, track 45, check him out. Um, but he wasn't doing any rights because he was focusing on all the art stuff. And he's like, yeah, I got, I got to write this week. And he's like, it's crazy, dude. I was like, what? He's like, I'm writing with Julian Michaels this week. I was like, what? I was like, oh my gosh, how did that even happen? So he was insane. So yeah, definitely, definitely those three for sure. Nice. Yeah. And I think the Benny one is a good shout, especially like when you say about the rap stuff that you like, like that, right. he's so yeah, good. Yeah. And he's, he's, yeah, he's blowing up at the moment. So Blurry, yeah. that would be really cool. Um, yeah. And of course, Julia. amazing she gets brought up a lot we love Julia Michaels (laughs) yeah so I will I will leave the stage to you um to play for us and and sing us out but thank you so so much for for coming on the show and and for telling us all the stories and I really look forward to to hearing more hopefully soon for sure yeah um yeah I will definitely you want me to play a song yeah go you I'll leave it to you I just play yeah I'll play 865 because you know I love that song my first kind of just you know and it's a great song. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
seven on the label, one glass on the living room table, phone face down, church up loud, trying to drown you out tonight, but first step I could feel you on my shoulder, Tennessee heat had me feeling colder, thought a drink would get you out of my mind, but this bottle tastes like 865 don't think twice, girl, just pick it up and come over Keep the bedroom door a little closure I know I told you I wouldn't call and I tried But this bottle tastes like 865 Might say I don't really want you with me might tell me to empty out my whiskey Try changing what I'm holding in my hand Try another liquor, try another brain But it don't matter if I got my lips On a different drink, on a different night Yeah, the second night I take a sip All I'm gonna think is this bottle tastes like 865 one last time Don't think twice, girl, just pick it up and come Told you. 